your podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Hello and welcome everybody. This is Joe from StartupRate.io, your startup podcast and YouTube blog from Germany, as well as the world's first internet radio station dedicated to startups and tech companies. If you haven't already done so, make sure to hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're feeling good today, leave us a nice comment. We always read all of them. That said, today I do have a guest from the TV industry, from the startup Television AI. Hey, Alkai, how you doing? I'm fine. Thank you for having me. Totally my pleasure. Um, we may tell the people out there that you do have some experience in your past with uh, media companies. I've been stalking you a little bit on LinkedIn and down here in the show notes, wherever you're watching this or listening to this, there will be a link to our blog post. And in our blog post, there are the show notes. And there you'll find the link to his LinkedIn profile. And I found there, for example, Axel Springer, a big media corporation here in Germany, also an active startup investor of Funke Digital, also a publishing house, I would say, usually newspapers, as well as the tech company Ericsson. Can you tell us a little bit about your life and how it brought you to today, your position as CEO and founder of Television AI, and then we get into what you guys are actually doing there. Sure. Uh, yeah, so born in Istanbul, grew up in Frankfurt, um, but all my professional life, I worked for uh, international media companies. Uh, like you said, Axel Springer is one, uh, obviously has many... Um, you know, uh, properties in from publishing to online media to television, etc. Um, and then uh, moved on to uh, Funke, um, where I was also in a similar um, field, basically, always uh, on the technical side of things, engineering, product development, technical topics, basically. And last but not least, I was uh, working at Ericsson, uh, you know, also on the technical side of things, um, in the field of products and technical uh, topics there as well where I had the pleasure to also work with a lot of like media companies uh, all around the world, uh, North America, across Europe, etc. And when I left, um, yeah, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to explore more this, this side of the TV and media business um, where you can make, you know, decisions and also be creative based on data. Um, and so that's how the whole journey with Television AI started. So, um, then uh, basically founded the company and and uh, looked at the market what what's required and then start hacking and building and uh, getting feedback from the from the market. That's a rather uncommon story for a startup rate that I owe so far. Apparently, this year all the startup founding stories involve in one way or another a bar, a beer, or a wine. <laughs> And se secondly, um, there is also usually the case that people bump during their professional life into problem and they want to solve that with the startup. Was it the same for you? Right. So you could say that the problem was came in a different shape. So I, I saw when, when I was working in these media companies that a lot of big new players, uh, especially from North America entering the European market, they would come very well equipped when it comes to technology, you know, machine learning, computer vision, 
to make their decisions on, you know, what to produce, what should be, you know, what should a thumbnail look like, even produce trailers, etc. Like look at Netflix uh, making even the creative decisions largely on uh, data points extracted using machine learning and computer vision models. And then uh, combining that with the power of, you know, human uh, intu intuition and uh, to make great decisions, uh, amplifying human capabilities, basically. And, and I always want that in wanted that uh, also in Europe and didn't see that much. Of course, there are exceptions, of course, uh, but I wanted to contribute to that, basically. And the I would say the problem there was really I wanted to see that to be, you know, be present in Europe. And I didn't see that and while I was working across Europe with all these different broadcasters and uh, publishers. And that was the main, like the reason why I, I thought maybe it makes sense to build something uh, where we could be the one, you know, helping these uh, broadcasters. Uh, and that's the, the origin basically of television AI that, that we wanted to have uh, be one little part of also that, that would contribute uh, to that transformation and help these broadcasts and publishers to make the same type of quote, like decisions based on data, uh, you know, supporting their creative teams and operations and, and data and content teams with these great tools, leveraging machine learning and computer vision to make even better uh, content decisions, basically. I see. And we may add that today's video is sponsored by Invest in Hessen, since you guys are headquartered here in Frankfurt. Um, for many people, it may sound a little bit strange, but actually there is a big scene here in Frankfurt Rhein-Main area of companies working with TV, radio or video productions. Um, many people may know the dragons from Game of Thrones. This was made by Pixomondo, also a company originating from the Rhein-Main area, still with offices in Frankfurt, but now spread across the world. Um, so you guys are do, are helping television stations to apply AI. Is that what you guys are doing? Exactly. And, and what we also do is, uh, we just don't, you know, we just don't want to be like, uh, another AI company in the media, uh, scene. Uh, what we want is, and that was also the, one of the things I, 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 I wrote down in the beginning was that if we don't find a, a reason, a, a, you know, specific use cases where we can help these companies, then television AI doesn't deserve to exist. Basically, it, it has to die then. And, but then we found, uh, I would say last year, uh, these niche, um, use cases where we can actually be very pragmatic and have concrete examples of, of problems or pain points that we can help with. And there are like three or four of them, uh, one being, you know, uh, creating automatically, um, uh, you know, the motion thumbnails for your gallery, the auto automatically trailers where you don't have high profile trailers, right? So if you look at, uh, video streaming offers, on the market, of course, there's great blockbusters and they have trailers, production companies have the money to put into the production of promotion material. But then you have also content like, I don't know, documentaries about certain niche uh, content, you know, which might have, yeah, you know, might have, uh, you know, 100,000 viewers or something like that. And they say, you know, where should we put the money for the promotion content? Uh, and it might not end up on these uh, niche products. So what we want to do is there, for example, to in order to ensure a great user experience for all the audience, not just those that are interested in the high blockbuster, you know, the blockbusters and what have you, 
uh, we want to say, okay, uh, for those you have a trailer, but for the other ones, you might be able to leverage machine learning computer vision to give you a great substitute that looks good enough, uh, and sometimes sometimes something is even uh, great, <laughs> um, that works great in your product, and you resolve the issue of having this bias of the great content gets all the promotional content, great key arts and trailers and what have you, and then a niche product where you have maybe like, I don't know, 100,000 viewers or something, uh, doesn't deserve to get the promotion material <laughs> at the end. So what we do is, hey, let's spend a little bit of money and automate that and have a great substitute there. And then what ad- what ends up happening is that across the pro- across your product, if you want to, whatever you want to watch, you can uh, provide the same experience. There will always be a trail. There will always be like great thumbnail, uh, etc. You know, that's the that's the goal there. I am trying to think how I would describe you guys. One option would be you are helping with automation, small budget productions to look professional in terms of like trailers, thumbnails, and so on. And the other one would be a more business-like description that you guys are helping um, the long tail of the video and, uh, video production to look professional, to apply AI there. Would you agree with both? Yeah, I think that's yeah, yeah. I think that's that's fair enough. But what I usually say is that we provide an AI-powered video editor in the cloud, so that, and we help you then with these uh, specific cases where it's a lot of like you know manual work or where it's not justified to put the money in uh, for all the uh, the video editing. Uh, that's where we help you basically. So, like I said, we provide you with an automated way of creating motion thumbnails, automate trailers. Uh, and, and uh, also with news clips, which is uh, the, the recent finding is uh, where we help uh, publishers and broadcasters to create these news clips. Uh, you've probably seen them them on TV or online media, 60 to 90 seconds. There is a voice expl- you know, reading out some news and then uh, suitable to the, to the topic and the things mentioned in the audio voiceover, you see the right pictures. You know, if they talk about the production of or distribution of COVID vaccine, you might see some uh, laboratories uh, filling up the packages and what have you. And what we do is basically, uh, instead of someone sitting down for two hours to find the material, find the scene, uh, cutting it so that at, at the moment when the, the voiceover speaks about a certain topic, the right picture is seen, that takes maybe two hours, let's say, or three hours <laughs> uh, to create a clip. And we can do that in like five to ten minutes or even less, you know. Uh, because we look at the video automatically, every frame, every audio wave, uh, etc., and we look at the, the article that has been written, we create a synthetic voice basically, and then suitable to what the voice is actually talking about or narrating, then uh, we find the right moment. And from hours of material, we find this, those 60 seconds of material that uh, fits well, basically. I do believe many people who have been charged with those tasks are now happy. They don't have to do that anymore. On the other hand, um, that also lets me to think about is there already something like a channel out there for example on youtube that does this almost fully automatically right so that that's actually one of the great things that we see is that we the editors are very happy with that right so imagine uh, let me just describe you this persona imagine there is uh, a young editor writing the article and typically at these publishers what they do is they write the article and it's great and the content is you know amazing uh, but it's text form. And the problem is that when you publish that text, basically, 
um, you know, people, you are less likely to be discovered on Google and Bing and what have you. Uh, people only read the article and that's it. But if you have pictures and especially videos, it's much more, there's much more engagement. People are, you know, staying on your website longer. It's great for your ad, for your ad numbers and all that, right? Because people spend more time on your website when reading the article. Um, and also you are, you know, um, you get the benefits also that Google and Bing and all these aggregators will find you much more likely and position you on top, basically, because you are much richer in terms of the content, basically. And doing, creating these videos is often not, you know, um, not a wise decision because you, you never know, will that article actually bring enough views and ad views and clicks and what have you uh, in order to justify the cost to produce that two-minute clip. But if you drop that price to 10% of the original cost, then it's a no-brainer because then the cost is so low. And, and the great thing also on top is that the person writing the article can now also create the video. You don't need to bother your colleagues who are create. You want to actually create the great videos and not your 60-second uh, video for your article. Instead, you can do it right away uh, without even mm. having the expertise in video editing. Um, and then for the for the editor in chief, it's great because the staff is now empowered to create videos. While in the in the past they were only creating the text basically, and it was always for the editor in chief a risky bet because if I have two three thousand euros per day to create videos, which of my articles should actually get the video? Now with television AI, you can just say you know the cost goes so much down, uh, I can create a video for all my content basically. So it's not a risky bet anymore. Uh, that means you enable stations like with full-time new staff to flood basically the internet with their video content. Right, exactly. So they can take the, the material that they already have, uh, the articles that they're already writing for the newscast and what have you, right? Or they might even create new articles, but the final thing is that you can now you have a totally different, much more powerful tool set where you can create all these uh, videos um, without the um, additional overhead of money and communication and team uh, and what have you. Instead, people writing these articles can now also create a video. So, yeah. That sounds pretty interesting. Um, are you right now limited, like in terms of corporation partners to Europe, to Germany, or can any radio, TV station, whatever, reach out to you globally? Yeah, you can reach uh, out globally. Uh, we support, I think it's over 70 languages. Um, and uh, so you can, and then also the visual uh, components are not limited to language. So a car looks like a car in, in, in Germany, the same way it looks in, in the US. Um, We even had some uh, very interesting uh, POCs in India. And uh, I remember this one um, uh, prospect from Texas who runs a, a rodeo channel. And they were quite happy with the results. But the problem was that it was more like a staff thing that they said it's not the right time. But they were super interested that we were able to create trailers and, and cl clips for the rodeo channel, you know. So that was uh, so. It's not not limited. Um, please just reach out to us, and we can arrange something. Um, talking a little bit about uh, television AI, the company itself. How many guys are you right now? Oh, it's super small. It's basically just uh, depending on how how you count. It's uh, two two and a half people. It's super small. Uh, we leverage a lot of like open source projects, and we're super pragmatic. 
the initial funding was my own money, basically. Uh, so we didn't uh, receive any funding so far. The only thing we do is we have a corporate, uh, we have a, um, yeah, we work with Microsoft uh, in, as part of their start, startup program, basically, which gives us access to technical advice and uh, resources in the cloud. And then we also in the uh, at the moment in the in the program of the um, uh, the media lab in in Munich basically, which uh, is um, yeah gives great access to the, the industry in 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 Munich right because what maybe some of your listeners don't know outside of Germany is that or if you're not in the field uh, obviously how how should you know but a uh, large part of the, the media industry, all these uh, public broadcasters and pay TV stations and private broadcasters are actually based in, in Munich or Bavaria, let's say, uh, the sorts of like Sky and Prisons of Eins and, uh, you know, uh, all these folks. And so it gave us great access um, to that network, basically. So we could leverage those connections and, and then test our hypothesis uh, if we're actually doing the right thing. Um, and it looks like we're doing, we're on the right path, I would say. So, uh, we see a lot of like traction from different uh, areas. Um, but I think the product is now finally coming to a point where we have the right stickiness. So, like I said, when once editors ha have access to this tool, they love it. They don't want to give it back. Uh, they want to extend POCs and they back their uh, colleagues to actually get this software in the workflow, uh, in their uh, tool set. So we, we're on track to get there, I, I would say. I don't want to talk too big, but we create a clear value for the editors so their life gets better with Television AI. That is a good quote. Uh, uh, the life of editors gets better with Television AI. Um, that pretty much sounds like you are on the, on the step to start real scaling there. Um, are you currently looking for external investors? Right. So, uh, like I said, in the beginning, the, the funding was my own money. And uh, and what we want to do first is we want the stickiness before we scale, basically. Because uh, having, you know, millions of euros in the beginning doesn't help you if the product is not sticky. Uh, but if you if you get later the money and you have a sticky product, then the money will uh, multiply your reach quite nicely. And so at the moment, we're not looking for money. But I think in the next three to six months, there will be serious steps to uh, reach out to our network. We're already talking to some of the um, yeah uh, investors, let's say, uh, across the globe. Uh, but we always tell them like we're not looking for money right now. But but you know we want to like establish a network of found uh, of investors that once we decide to to seriously look for money and uh, that we would then reach out to them. Uh, but if there's someone in the audience that is interested to talk to us, uh, please feel free to reach out. Um, so that would be super interesting because at some point our customer acquisition cost will go up. And so at that point, uh, like it is for all these B2B SaaS companies, uh, your your customer acquisition cost will go up uh, and the money that you need to to get your customers or prospects in the funnel and then push them through the funnel. So at some point you will need money upfront. Mm -hmm. I see. That sounds like a series A closing end of this year, beginning of next year. Let's see. <laughs> we'll okay. see. Aha. So, um, Okay, it was just a pleasure having you here on StartupRadio.io. All the best for you and everybody who's drawn in by the trailer of this video. We can tell them that we made it with your tool. Thank you very much. Greatly appreciate it and best of luck and let us know when you raise your funding. Will do. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me.
My pleasure. Bye-bye. If you are a professional looking at the European startup scene, Germany is a place you cannot miss. Fortunately for you, there is StartupRad.io, the authority on German startups. This English-only podcast brings you fresh interviews each week. Most likely, you have never heard or read anything on these startups before in English, but you will in the future. Be ahead of the curve and subscribe to StartupRad.io podcast or check for the StartupRad.io internet radio station. Check your Alexa for the StartupRad.io skill as well.